Okay, so he looked, he looked at him and said, you're still the one I want to marry. You're still the one I want to marry. And I had so someone visit me last night and I have a gut feeling the same thing that you have and I still want to marry you. Even though I'm so confused that somehow, I don't know how, but by only God that you're pregnant and you swear you didn't have sex with anybody, you, and here I am, I believe you, and I still want to marry you. And Joseph's posture during that moment, I can only, you guys know me, I'm a theater of the mind guy, and I think of it as like a movie scene, and because they're real humans, and it actually really happened, where Mary, by the Holy Spirit, got pregnant, and then all of a sudden had to tell his tell her future husband like hey i'm pregnant and it's not yours and i just only imagine the tension until the angel of the lord visited joseph as well anybody want to assume that it's the same one same person same angel of the lord i think so and woke up in that morning and you know i, I can only imagine mary is so terrified and they come together and they just have this moment of like the angel of the lord told you this the angel of the lord told me this let's do this and, and we name him jesus and i just want to remind um, us of that of that scene of joseph because what we're going to do is we're going to go over uh joseph's posture and what happened in joseph and then mary's song but also uh a posture that we should have with in regards to mary mary's song and I just want to read it to you really quick. Um, it's not the key focus of it, but why not? Um, Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, make, to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She, was, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from his sins. And there was so much uncertainty and I just want to ask you guys a question because I'm in a season of uncertainty. I'm kind of in a posture of like, hey, what is going to be next? What is going to be next for us? What's going to be next for you guys um, in 2024? What are some goals? What are some aspirations? And we have no idea. For those of you guys single in the room, for those of you guys longing to be married, the, long, the longest, <laughs> the biggest prayer of someone's life is, hey, there's so much uncertainty, and the uncertainty within that marriage of Mary and Joseph, there's so much uncertainty, so much uncertainty. And I just want to go over in a, if, you know, I'm sitting in personally somewhat of a dry season. Yeah, anybody in a season where like some things are going really right, and then some things are also going really wrong? Raising your, raising your, <laughs> okay. Um, and I feel like this was Mary. There was so many things that was like so good because you know she has she has a beautiful marriage. Joseph, you know, like dreaming, and all of a sudden, boom, pregnant out of nowhere. 
and they had to go through this conflict and all this stuff. And I know we have some questions that we're asking God at the end of 2023, going into 2024, Christmas, such a miracle. Lord, we're praising you for a miracle. We're praising you for the miracle of sending your son Jesus for us. But where's my miracle? Where's my miracle? Where's my miracle with my family's tension? Where's my miracle in my finances? Where's my miracle within the relationship or the lack of a relationship? Where is my miracle medically and physically and spiritually? For me, I'm in a dry season spiritually. Even though um, I just can come right into like finding the same posture in biblical characters like David, there's some dry seasons, Moses, dry seasons. And there's so many moments where I'm like, okay, what kind of discipline am I building my life upon? And I'm a, if I'm in a dry season and I'm longing for a miracle, I'm longing for some kind of emotion to feel something or get rid of all this anger and irritability, like, why, Lord? Why can't I feel you? Where are you? Why do I feel so far from you? What kind of disciplines do you have set up? And for me, it's always just listening to a sermon on the, on the way to the gym or reading scripture right when I wake up, my Devo and my prayer life. You know, like, sorry, but man, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many prayers I've said climbing those stairs at the gym. I just cannot even begin to tell you. And those disciplines, even though they just feel like I'm eating cereal with no milk, I know some of you guys. Anybody do, do that, actually? Oh, this yeah, like with, with no milk, just dry. Lord, I pray. I pray for these people. They are sinners. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> that's, the, that's the spiritual walk. That is the spiritual life of discipline, like if you're in a dry season. And I know there's so much uncertainty in a dry season. And I know Mary and Joseph had so many things going on in that dry season. And what are you supposed to do in a moment of uncertainty with Mary and Joseph having to travel, having to go to Bethlehem, having to leave Nazareth, had to go so many places because of uncertainty. And today, um, quickly, uh, my thesis for this whole, um, or what do we call a, a sermon synopsis, really, is Mary's song in Luke 1 that we're going to read. We're going to read Mary's song. In Luke 1, unveils a path to joy through submission, social, social justice inspired by the Savior, and ultimate hope in Christ. Again, if you guys really just want to encapsulate one thing, Mary's song in Luke chapter 1 unveils a path to joy through submission, so, social justice inspired by the Savior, and ultimate hope in Christ. So if you want to turn with me, Luke chapter 1, Mary's song, and this is kind of a, you know, I was like, I was trying to debate my, I was trying to debate and I was like trying to wonder what I was doing here because Joseph's revelation happened after Mary's song. And in reality, uh, Mary knew that she was with child by the Holy Spirit. And it's such a beautiful thing, but it's kind of uh, Joseph's, Revelation came after Mary's song. I know it's kind of a timeline thing. I'm like, oh my goodness. But the reason why I picked Mary's song before she gave birth to Jesus was because there's so many promises that she built her life upon. 
Hear me, loved ones. There's so many promises in her song that she sang that she built promises and disciplines and everything. She believed all this stuff. She believed all this stuff before she gave birth to Jesus. So, Luke chapter 1. Uh, we're just going to read Mary's song, verse 46. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, and it says this, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will come call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed at Elizabeth, stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So quick story, uh, Elizabeth was pregnant and all of a sudden Mary walks in the door and the baby in Elizabeth's womb just jumps for joy and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord, you know, Mary visited and it kind of, I'm guessing, I'm guessing this is why Mary was so happy is because she just got visited by the Holy Spirit and saying, hey, you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and like, what? What is going on? And then goes to her friend's house and says, and the friend said, right when you walk through the door, my baby jumped for joy. And I kind of, I'm kind of guessing that Mary was just kind of freaking out, and that was her sign. Anybody need a sign? Like a baby jumping in someone's womb? Like I just, you know, like, Zach, right when you walk through the door, my baby jumped in my womb. Like anybody? No? Okay, that was Mary's sign, and it was a beautiful one. And I just want to go through uh, a couple key points from Mary. Mary's song, Joyful. Now, anybody a psalmist? Anyone love the book of Psalms? Anybody? I'm like, I'm like David Jr. Okay, when I was a young adults pastor, the, uh, the over and under bet, like a big young adult service, um, the over and under was hydro flasks falling on the concrete. Like, what do you guess this service? I'm going to guess two. Over and under two. I'm going to guess it's going to be over. And every time a hydro flask would get kicked on the ground, we remember it. Anyways, um, it was like a free Chick-fil-A sandwich or something, whatever the bet was. Anyways, Chick-fil-A for life. Okay, golly, I'm so distracted today. Everything's fine. Merry Christmas. Okay, so point number one, this is all from Mary's song, okay? Can we learn something from Mary's song today? in regards to Christmas and Jesus. Number one, joyful submission to God's will. Do you have a joyful submission to God's will? Mary's song reflects her willingness to submit to God's plan even in the face of uncertainty. You guys, don't even question. I want you guys to put yourself in Mary's shoes just a little bit. Okay? Imagine just out of nowhere becoming pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I have a lot of Charles Spurgeon and John Piper tonight, so bear with me. Um, Charles Spurgeon said, Obedience is the grand secret of all true joy. This is kind of convicting for me. If you don't feel joy of the Lord, 
if you don't feel happy, if you don't feel the ecstasy that the Lord brings you, the freedom the Lord brings you, what, where does that word obedience take you? Where does that word obedience take you? I know for each and every single one of us, that answer is different. Whatever the Lord is saying to you right now through the Holy Spirit, where does obedience take you right now? And may that just be a simple goal for 2024. Where does obedience take you? Obedience. Where does that take you? John Piper emphasized, God is most glorified in us and we are most satisfied in Him. Man, that's convicting for me. I don't know how many times the Lord is going to teach me that the unsettling and the restlessness that my soul feels, regardless of the success of my church or the success of my career or the success of my relationship or my friendships or whatever's next, and it gets so unsettling, like, Lord, what is going on? And I'm taught over and over and over and over again, no matter how much dopamine you chase naturally, through sunlight, through fitness, through taking care of yourself, taking care of your temple of the Holy Spirit, taking care of yourself, you'll never get to that point that Christ can give you when you're most satisfied in Him. Again, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him, not in our finances, not in that relationship, not in this, not in success, not, not in our school, nothing is going to settle your soul until you realize that I'm not going to be satisfied and settled until I'm most satisfied in Him. So number one, joyful submission to God's will. Mary, I feel convicted, you guys. I swear this is not a Catholic church, okay? I swear. We are talking about Jesus, but the mother of Jesus a lot today. Um, number two, ugh. Okay, anytime, if you guys ever become pastors or preachers, um, there's things that come to your mind when you're preaching, and you got to filter on if you're going to say them or not, and I, and I wish I didn't say that one. Um, number two, the Savior's impact on so social justice. Man, that's a tongue twister for me. The Savior's impact on social justice. I can't remember what she said it. She goes, verse 50, His mercy extends to those who fear Him from all generation from generation to generation he has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who are proud in their their inmost thoughts what one am i looking for oh he has filled the hungry with good things but he has sent the rich away empty so social justice i know that's kind of a like a clickbait term here but we're just preaching on the humble and hungry Mary's song speaks of God lifting up the humble and filling the hungry with good things. Yeah, we can be talking about food. We can talk about this, but the gospel, Jesus, blessed are those who are what in spirit? Anybody? Poor. Poor in spirit. The blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek and the poor in spirit. Mary's song, again, speaks of God lifting up the humble and filling the hungry with good things. May the gospel be filling to you. May you join in the Lord's table and feast on his goodness by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Charles Spurgeon noted the gospel is for the poor in spirit. Anybody poor in spirit here and watching? The gospel is for those poor in spirit. John Piper also emphasized the gospel leads to a pursuit of justice as reflects God's character. 
which reflects God's character. God's character, Exodus 34, anybody? Can anybody quote God's character, anybody? Anyways, I'm so sorry, I'm a nerd. Um, kind and compassionate, slow to anger, ever abounding love, faithful to generation to generation. I'm not gonna go on a tangent. So again, the gospel leads to a pursuit of justice as it reflects to God's character. And no, we're justice. Man, may we pursue justice. May we be the people who feed the people the gospel. That beautiful quote, I'm just a beggar uh, telling another beggar where to find the bread. Okay, I'm a beggar just telling other beggars where to find the bread. Where do we find the bread? We lift our eyes up to the mountains. Our help comes from the Lord. Bread is Jesus. Goodness gracious. Number one, joyful submission to God's will, Mary's song. Number two, she sings the Savior's impact on social justice. Number three, hope and redemption through Christ. Hope and redemption through Christ. Mary's acknowledgement of God as her Savior points to hope and the redemption found in Jesus. Simple. Simple, simple, simple. Charles Spurgeon stated, there is no joy in this world like union with Christ. There is no joy in this world like union with Christ. Joy to... Get up here, Nick. I can't sing. Joy to the world. <laughs> sing with me. We're quiet. Let's go caroling. This is such a cute little sermon and service. There's like 10 of us here. It's great. We should go. Um... John Piper added, the gospel is the good news that God is all-satisfying, is the all-satisfying end of all of our longings. Think about it. What are you longing for right now? What are you longing for? What are you praying for? If God and Jesus walked through the door and he said, I'm going to answer one of these prayers for you, what are you going to tell him? Right? And it's a, it's a crazy thing that us pastors say that like, uh, how many of your prayers would change anybody except for yourself, you know? Hopefully your prayers are big, and what are you longing for? Big prayers, bold prayers, but God is the all-satisfying end to all of our longings. There's nothing like him. Like that quote earlier, I'll, I'll read it again. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So number one, I know tons of people are taking notes. This is more for online. Um, joyful submission to God's will. Two, the Savior's impact on social justice. And number three, hope and redemption through Christ. So Mary's song in Luke chapter one can be relied, related to Jesus in Christmas in various ways. I, you guys, I don't know why I got stuck on Mary's song so much, but I had, I had to because there's so much beauty in it. And if you've never if you've never done the practice of like just going line by line and finding every cross-reference or Jesus's words to Mary's song, it's such a beautiful thing. I do it with the Psalms all the time to where you find one line, you're like, okay, what, what beautiful promise is Mary singing about and what did Jesus say about this? Let's try to find one. Can we just find one real quick? This is a tangent. My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from the throne. Okay, I got one. He scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. I think about the Pharisees, how he was on the coast of the Sea of Galilee, and all the Pharisees were like, well, aren't you going to perform miracles? Where are you going? And Jesus looked at them, and he was indignant towards them. He kind of like sighed, like, oh, will you guys ever learn? And trying to do something like that with Scripture, um, I do it all the time to where you're reading a psalm or a song and you find a teaching of Jesus in it. I hope that made sense. That was not planned. Um, but in Christmas, in Jesus, Mary's song, number one, Messiah's birth. I just got two more points, you guys. Messiah's birth. Mary's song expresses her joy and gratitude for being chosen as the mother of the Messiah. In connecting this to Christmas, it highlights the central theme of Jesus' birth, which is celebrated during this season. The lyrics of her song reflect the anticipation and fulfillment of the promise of a Savior, making a fitting reflection for the Christmas story. What is your favorite part about Christmas? Come on, give me something. Yeah, it could be not... What's that? Family. Family. Yeah. Family. That damn near. Family. Ham. Ham? Food. Food? What else? Anybody? Presents? Games. Cookies? Dang. What? Beer? (laughs) Bruce? Time off work. I'm off work. I, I absolutely love it. Now, one of you guys, you guys both said Jesus, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Hello? I'm just kidding. Oh, my Lord. Lord, save me. This is the last. We're going on sabbatical after this. Okay. Number one, Messiah's birth. Number two, celebration of God's salvation. Mary's song is a celebration of God's salvation and mercy. This resonates with the Christmas narrative as Jesus is born to bring salvation to to humanity. The birth of Jesus marks the beginning of God's redemptive plan, emphasizing the significance of Christmas as a time of rejoicing for the gift of salvation through the birth of Christ, of the Christ child. Of the Christ child? Why did I write it like that? Christ child? So... Uh, Number one, the Messiah's birth found in uh, Mary's song and the celebration of God's salvation. And, you know, I'm making a call right now where we're just, um, we're going to go into a a time of silence and solitude where if it's it's your first time here at this church, we just take 10 minutes and I kind of give you a prompt or I kind of lead you somewhere. If you're taking notes, reread Mary's song, do something, but may the Holy Spirit lead you in a time of prayer, gratitude. But I'll give you a little prompt. Um, for me, uh, where, is that? Where, is that? where does it say? Uh, Spurgeon said, it's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. Let me read that again. It blew my mind, and I'll tell you why. It is not how much we have, but how much we enjoy. And that starts with gratitude. I don't, do not know why I suck so bad at sitting there and being grateful for things. I, I, start, I start in the morning, I write 10 things or things I'm grateful for until I run out. I do that for like three days and I stop and then I get sad and depressed again. 
And I think it's the enemies really having a heart. The, the enemy is just after it, where once you, as a Christian, take a posture of gratitude and you start just naming things you're grateful for over and over and over again in the morning, through your, through your drives, wherever you're going, if you just have where you're like, my number one goal today is to just, everything I'm grateful for all day, all day. I'm grateful for that green light. I'm grateful for whatever. And you just keep going and all of a sudden it's, you built a life of gratitude and you're gonna notice something. And I, it's only from personal experience, so it's kind of biased, but prove me wrong. When you start doing uh, like a 30 day, like, okay, I'm gonna try to be grateful and write some gratitude lists for 30 days in a row. And it's, I feel like it's where the enemy just comes, hits you the hardest and makes you stop. Has anybody done the same thing where you start a, a life of like, okay, I'm gonna write a list of what I'm grateful for and then, because Psalm 100, one of my favorites, enter his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Again, let me read this. Quote, it is not how much we have, but how much we enjoy. So may we enjoy some things and the prompt for this little 10 minutes is write that gratitude list right now. Once you run out of things, read Mary's song again. Just Let's just be grateful in the house of the Lord. And for 10 minutes, just be with the Lord. Again, let me read that. It's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy. So I'll be back in 10 minutes.
Amen, amen, amen. Uh, loved ones, um, in Mary's song, the Holy Spirit gave me something super cool during that time. Nine times. Nine times in a simple song. 46, 50, nine verses. She says, he has nine times. Either she says he has done, or he has been, or he has done. Nine times. And I bet you guys could finish some sentences, okay? We're, we're all going to say it where we don't say it out loud, just in your brains. My soul glorifies the Lord. You guys could, uh, of course, agree with that. For he has been mindful, dot, 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 fill in the blank. For the mighty one has done great things for me, dot, 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 dot. His mercy extends to dot, dot, dot. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. What are those mighty deeds? He has scattered those who are proud. He has brought down dot, 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 dot. He has lifted up dot, dot, dot. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away. He has helped his servant. Fill in the blank right now, everyone. Fill in the blank. He has helped you with what? He has helped his servant. And I think that was a really cool way to end. I think that was a really cool thing. So as I end really quickly, loved ones, again, these two quotes is so amazing. It is not how much we have, but how much we enjoy. So with the uncertainty that Mary and Joseph faced, may we just write a song like Mary did. You guys are all in, I'm going to be just proclaiming that all of you guys are going to become TikTok singers and musicians. You're going to write songs like Mary did. And you're just going to sing them. Right, Nick? And this famous, beautiful quote from John Piper to end, just like uh, Mary's prayers and songs and David's songs and Jesus' prayers in the garden, everything. Um, prayer, prayer is an open admission. Admission, submission, surrender, that without Christ, we can do nothing. That word prayer, and I'm going to put in gratitude, right, in the list of gratitude. That's two, you know, you owe me a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's two. Okay, no, it's, it's fine. I'm kind of used to it. It's like, it kind of gives me like, whoa, you know, um, or it's the PTSD, I don't know. Um, so again, prayer and gratitude is an open admission to the point that we can do nothing without Christ. So your homework is to go write a song, go write a gratitude list like Mary did. And may you guys have a Merry Christmas and all, all you guys watching online, hello. Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas and uh, go write a song of Mary. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>